We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. we gonna see him soon. You feel me? All right, welcome to a special post-game edition of the Butting Heads podcast. Uh, our pal Derek decided he didn't want a podcast at uh, 11.30 East Coast time. Uh, but you know what? I- I'm here with Johnny Gomez with the Butting Heads team. And Johnny, uh, all I want to do right now is is hop on this podcast and just say positive things about Matthew Stafford for as long as I can. Maybe it just until I just inevitably pass out and fall asleep. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a plan to me. Let's do it. <laughs> hey, you know, it, it is not that long ago. I remember the, I think it was the first game for the Rams back in Los Angeles, not in LA, where we had a nice, cozy primetime spot week one, uh, and we got embarrassed by the 49ers, 27 to nothing, a team that would go on to, I believe they won three games that year. And here we are just absolutely shelling the Chicago Bears five years later on Sunday Night Football, 34-14. to 14. Uh, The Bears were a playoff team last year, albeit uh, barely, but this one felt good, man. Uh, I don't think I felt as good as I did on the first touchdown of this game since... Greg Zerline hit that field goal to go to the Super Bowl, man. And I, I'm not even trying to speak hyperbole. I got more enjoyment out of that play than I got out of the entire playoff win last year. Oh, yeah. No questions asked. And uh, I love the pun of barely, by the way. <laughs> I, 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 I just, you know, I, I got you, man. I got you. Pun not uh, even intended there. So thanks for calling that out. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean – the the funny thing is, you know, Steve and I were texting the, uh, you know, for most of the game about like certain things that we noticed, uh, and 
one thing that both Steve and I were commenting on was how ridiculous how ridiculous the change at the quarterback position is. Like you notice right away like certain passes that are made and you think back to the Jared Goff era and there's no way in hell that Jared Goff even comes close to the amount of passes uh, completed by Matthew Stafford. And at the same time, you know, the, these aren't, you know, just, you know, short passes. These aren't just slant passes. These are literally passes being thrown downfield. You know, they made it, he made it rain with footballs out there, man. Like it, it wasn't, it was undeniably amazing to see balls being thrown down the field. You know, we haven't seen that what since Mark Bulger. <laughs> I mean, even like, obviously, yeah, there was uh, a, a point in time where Jargoff did make a lot of big plays, but how many times over the last couple of years, I mean, at least since 2018, did they, did we, like, did the broadcast team go to replays where a guy is cutting deep down the middle and is open and Goff doesn't throw it to them, uh, let alone even attempt? I mean, we can't sit here and act like uh, the Van Jefferson touchdown and the Cooper Cup touchdowns were like Stafford threading the needle or anything, but he looked deep, he went deep, and he made a great throw to a receiver who, who made who – made, Easy, easy, not easy catches because there's still seventy yard catches, but uh, catches they should be making as NFL receivers. And, and in Je- Van Jefferson's case, having the awareness to get up and score when he's not touched. I mean, yeah, it is a just a completely different different dynamic. And I mean, we lost a time of possession battle by eleven minutes in a game that we won by thirty. Like that is that is fucking preposterous. Uh, and it's just. Man, it feels so good to watch that offense. Um, Stafford looked great. I, I don't have a negative thing to say about that performance. He, he was dropping bombs. Uh, he, I don't think he really missed. I mean, not every single pass he threw was perfect, but uh, 156.1 QB rating, that's pretty close to perfect. <laughs> um, pretty <laughs> yeah, close. I think it's a little a little off, right? What is it? 158 is perfect. Uh, something like that, but like, damn, there's no reason to complain about that whatsoever. And this is coming from a quarterback that hadn't taken a single snap in the preseason. So obviously he's still gelling with this offense. This is, um, a completely new offensive scheme for him. So he's, the the scary thing is he's only going to get better as he, you know, goes through the season. Um, and you know, completely dives into the playbook even more and hopefully the offense gels even more uh, than it was today. So uh, (laughs) that's a scary thought for the league to see if Matthew Stafford is going to be that quarterback and potentially get better. You know, that really scary thought there. Yeah. I mean, Uh, you're right. Game one. Uh, and, And it's funny too. Like this game is a good example. Like I felt like the bears were, getting everything they wanted in the short passing game. Uh, and granted, I, I feel like that was by design and our, our secondary and our linebackers did a really good job of not letting um, the guys catching short passes get much past the catch. But it's like Andy Dalton doing these dink and dump plays 
you know, we just watched a full season of that, of Jared Goff just looking short, throwing short passes, completing a lot of them. You know, there are some games where you look at Goff's completions, uh, like attempts versus completions from last year, and like, d- like, damn, like that that's kind of a lot. But you know when you watch the games that it was meaningless. And um, like the QB comparison in this game, Stafford, 20-26, 321 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, sacked once. Uh, that monster 156 rating. Andy Dalton, 27 completions, 38 attempts, 206 yards, no touchdowns, interceptions, sacked three times. So it's like he had more completions and he had 120 less yards. Now, obviously, th- those numbers by Stafford are a little inflated when you consider that he had a 56-yard completion and a 67-yard completion. But even if you like take away those, they they would have similar yardage numbers and Stafford did it on nine less attempts. So it's um it's just it's such a way like we thought that Stafford would elevate this offense in a big way and clearly uh, that way is felt immediately. Again, I mean this is a banged up Bears defense. Their secondary is not great. They lost a lot of pieces, but um it's obviously a, a good defense gets a run and they've got some good pass rushers. I mean, Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn are two of the best pass rushers the league has seen in the last decade. And it was no problem for Stafford. He sacked one time, um, getting at, not, getting not, everything he wanted. Not to beat a dead horse here, but uh, did, did you catch the Lions game at all? I watched uh, the end of it. Listen, it, it, I had a lot of mixed emotions at Lionsgate because, like, when they were getting blown out, I was like, you know, it's nice to see that we made the right decision. Goff is out there stinking it up. Uh, this is going to be it pretty soon. But to my guy's credit, Johnny, he had a pretty good end of the game. I mean, it was absolute garbage time, but they they definitely had the 49ers sweating. I mean, they had the ball with a chance to tie it. So, okay, so here's my thing, and this is exact. You you essentially described Jared Goff right there. You you literally described Jared Goff, and you didn't even realize it. You you said that he was thinking it up, and then he comes out of nowhere, and he magically, you know, somehow gets something going. But when it came push comes to shove... He couldn't get the job done. And the funny thing is, had he... He didn't even have to go to these kind of heroics to get there. Like, if you look at some of uh, the plays early on, I know you said you only really caught the ending, but um, there was a couple of of plays uh, where they had to either settle for field goals or they had to do loss of downs, um, where he had guys that could have reached the end zone, but he overthrew them. And I'm like, that's classic Jared Goff. And since this game was so close, I like I can't help but think that with if Matthew Stafford was still the quarterback for the Lions, he could have made he could have won that game for them. And uh, I mean I'm, we've seen that plenty of times with Stafford. Yeah. So like that's why like I'm so grateful to have this guy and because even when it, it, even if it came down to crunch time, let's say that the Rams versus bear game was actually, 
uh, a lot closer than what it was. Who do you want in the two-minute drill? Do you want Matthew Stafford or do you want Jared Goff? And I don't, I don't think there's a fan in the league, unless you're a huge Jared Goff fan or diehard Lion fan, uh, that would say that they would prefer Jared Goff over Matthew Stafford. No, uh, absolutely not. And just to kind of wrap the cop thing, here's this box score from today because it's it's ridiculous. 38 of 57 for 338 yards. He, he threw for 338 yards. He completed 38 passes. His average yards per completion was 3.9. Or 5.9, sorry. I like just classic three touchdowns, one interception sack three times. Um, they'll listen. We're shitting on him. They were down a lot and he did bring, he had that team roaring at the end of the game. Pun definitely intended there for the lions. Uh, but obviously it is a just an, an indescribable upgrade. I would say after one week, uh, seeing what we saw from Stafford, seeing what we saw from Goff, that, Worth every penny. The trade is worth every penny, and I hope they extend the dude, give him some money, make him happy, make him as motivated as possible uh, to win with this team, man, because this was awesome, and I want to watch more of it. I can't wait for next Sunday. Football is finally back, and when the Rams aren't playing, or when they're playing, I'm sure we're all looking for a way to make the games more interesting, get it on the action, and give us another motivation for watching these games. If you're looking for a unique way to get it on the action during this season, it's time to come prop up with Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app specifically for player prop bets. If you're tired of doing hours of research for the best fantasy sleepers, this is probably the place for you. Thrive lets you place bets on the players that actually matter. The Stars, the Aaron Donalds, the Matthew Stafford, the best of the best. You'll be able to choose prop bets for top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game, and each player's over-under will be assigned a fantasy value based on the likelihood that the prop is going to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most wins, and want to share Thrive's prize pool which has over $140,000 in weekly prizes, has already awarded more than $4 million to its players. And we've got an exclusive promo offer for all our Rams Talk Radio and Budding Heads listeners. Use the promo code TALKRAMS, all caps, T-A-L-K-R-A-M-S, and deposit $50 and more, and you'll get a 100% deposit match up to $100. So you put in $50, you're going to get $100. You put in $100, you're going to get $200. The deal you're not going to want to pass up, especially with football back and coming into our lives every week. Download the Thrive Fantasy app today on the App Store or Play Store. Visit their website at thrivefantasy.com. Sign up today and prop away. All right, that's it. We talked about Matthew Stafford. I think it's the end of the show, right? I'm just kidding, guys. Um, let's uh, let's run through the box score quick. We'll do the team stats first. Obviously, 34-14. to 14. Uh, a, a big blowout win. I think it was pretty close to actually what we predicted in this game, Johnny. Um, 13-7 to seven at halftime. So the Rams really blew this game open in the second half. Uh, the Bears had more first downs. Uh, the Bears, as we mentioned, held the ball for 35 minutes. The Rams held it for 24 minutes. Bears had 322 total yards. Rams had 386. But the Rams 
7.7 yards per play. The Bears, 4.7 yards per play. That was a big difference. This Rams offense looked explosive. They're making big plays. 312 net passing yards compared to 188 for the Bears on 14 less passing attempts. Uh, Bears outran the Rams 134-274, though obviously the Rams were very quiet in the running game uh, until the end. We'll talk about that a little later. Bears had three penalties for 35 yards, or four penalties for for 36 yards. Bears had two turnovers. The Rams had none. How fucking good did that feel, man? Not even, like, close to a turnover, I felt like. There was, like, one pass from Stafford that got batted that had some concern. But uh, in addition to just completely regressing as a pass thrower, uh, Goff's inability to take care of the ball was a big point of contention the last few years. And, I mean, this felt great. Oh, without a doubt. Like, it was... It was so refreshing to see that, and and again, you you can't help but revert back and say that this offense is still new together. They haven't had a lot of time against actual competition, uh, you know, at all, really. So, with with uh, Stafford trying to develop with the team, you know, the fact that he didn't surrender the football at all. And, you know, it's not like he didn't take chances. He took plenty of chances, uh, you know, was real smart with the football. And uh, I, I think as he gets more comfortable, he'll take even more risks and hopefully not, not uh, uh, turn the ball over. But um, I, I think as time goes on, this is going to be a scary good offense. Uh, just I'm, You just have to wait until, I would say, around week four, week five. I think that's when the the team will gel together and obviously also face uh you know super good defenses every week maybe the bears defense isn't like elite or anything like that but they're better than decent i'll say uh oh, yeah. so you know you're not gonna have akeem hicks you know beating brian allen every every play so <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later uh and, I mean, it was hilarious to see uh, former Rams Al Gogletree and Marquis Christian starting in this game. <laughs> texted Johnny after Marquis Christian showed up. I was like, wow, uh, he's starting. <laughs> guy was just a rotation guy for the Rams, barely a rotation guy for a long time. Um, looking at the individual numbers, we already mentioned the quarterbacks. Also, Justin Fields popped in this game, two for two for 10 yards. Man, I'm going to pat myself on the back. My statement last week about how this was the best possible draw for the Bears to open the season because they told Andy Dalton he was going to be the starter and he was going to come out in this game against a ridiculously good Rams defense, probably stink it up and give way to Justin Fields taking over quickly. That happened, and we'll see if they move to Justin Fields. I feel like it wasn't bad enough from Dalton for them to make that change quickly, but... Uh, it was interesting to see how they use fields in this game. Uh, seeing him pop up in there from time to time it was definitely different. Uh, not something you see every week. Rushing All considered, he had a pretty decent game. Fields or Dalton? Dalton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was fine. He 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 wasn't asked to to win the game for them, and 
couldn't. Yeah, that's that's part of the problem too. Is you know he he played the game like a game manager, and he did a fine job of it. This team is not good enough to have a game manager at quarterback. And when you have a guy on the bench with the potential to be better than that, it's just it's a tough sell. Um, you know, I I've said I don't think Dalton's bad. He, he's probably one of the thirty-two best quarterbacks in the league. But he's certainly on the bottom side, and you don't get any upside from playing him. You need your defense to play great and your running game to be great for him to be an effective quarterback for you. Uh, And the running game was great in this game for them. Dave Montgomery ran 16 times for 108 yards. Uh, If he didn't miss a couple snaps with an injury, I would imagine it would have been higher. Damian Williams also contributed six. uh, Damian Williams contributed six rushes for 12 yards. Johnny, this was the first 100-yard performance by an opposing rusher against the Rams since 2019. Uh, we did not give up a 100-yard game to a single rusher all of last season. Part of the reason why Brandon Saley is no longer our defense coordinator. Can you name the running back who last had a 100-yard game against us? Oh, man. You're putting me on the spot here. Uh, was it Chris Carson? No, and if you guys don't want uh, to, in, in this celebratory podcast, if you don't want a moment of internal dread, just skip ahead 30 seconds. It was actually two players in week 15 of 2019 when both Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard ran for 100 yards, and it's just the fucking throttling we got from the Cowboys in that game. That's right. Yeah, yep. that, that, that was bad memories, man. Yep. Uh, Daryl Henderson, 16 carries for 70 yards. Nobody else really ran the ball. Uh, Robert Woods at one carry for seven yards. Sonny Michelle popped in for like one play. Was that the only play he was in, that carry for two yards? I mean, maybe he was in a victory formation. Uh, technically, um, when they threw the touchdown pass to Robert Woods, he was in there. Ah, I didn't see him pop yeah. in there. Yeah, he was in there. Uh, did he, he was technically serving as a block and missed the block, by the way. Um, but, uh, yeah, he missed it by a wide margin, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but, oh yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Alan, uh, Bears receiving, I'm not going to go through this whole list, most significant things, six receptions for 35 yards on 11 targets for Allen Robinson, obviously is their best cast catcher. Darnell Mooney had a big game against last, us last year. He had five catches for 26 yards. It's so funny. Like, this team, they have f- five players with four or more receptions. None of them went over 50 yards. So that tells the story for what kind of game they had passing the ball. Meanwhile, on our side, Cooper Cup, monster game, seven receptions, 108 yards, one touchdown. Uh, you absolutely love to see it. Uh, it was That was incredible. On 10 targets. Van Jefferson, three targets, two receptions, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Obviously, the big 67-yard touchdown. Tyler Higby, five receptions, 68 yards. Uh, saw a game for him. Quiet game for Robert Woods until the end, but three receptions for 27 yards in that beautiful uh, game-ending touchdown. Not that the game was not over before that. Uh, Deshaun Jackson popping in there, two catches for 21 yards, and uh, Daryl Henderson caught his lone target for 17 yards. And defensively, Jordan Fuller led the team with tackles with 11 total tackles. Taylor Rapp, Kenny Young each had 10. Jalen Ramsey, nine tackles. Seven solo tackles, two tackles for loss. Uh, like, 
he was fucking everywhere, man. And I, I know the guy can tackle, but I that to me to me this felt like his best game as a Ram not like it's probably not his best overall game, but just in terms of like making tackles, I feel like this was easily his best tackling performance as a Ram. Oh, without a question. And just seeing him all over the field, even uh, covering tight ends. Yeah, that, that was different. Right. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, I, as much as I love my guy, Marcus Peters, I hope he, hope he gets well from the surgery. <laughs> like, he never tackled anybody, uh, and Jalen is getting seven solo tackles. A lot of them were big hits. You know, they, some of them were not easy tackles. R.I.P. Ravens. <sighs> Four Ravens, man. We'll see how I do uh, tomorrow night. Justin Hollins, eight tackles, six solo tackles, two sacks, one tackle for loss, one QB hit. I think the biggest surprise of this game was how well this dude performed. Yeah, without a question. Justin Hollins, who I I felt like, um, I, I mean, he was kind of like the default starter in a way because Oboe and Terrell Lewis can't stay healthy for the life of them. But, um, yeah, Justin Hollins has become this legitimate starter, man. And uh, I, I hope he continues to keep this up because uh, between him and uh, Aaron Donald out there, um, you know, causing havoc. He, you know, Aaron Donald didn't show up in the stat sheet this week, really. Uh, he had a sack. But, um, you know, obviously Aaron Donald's doing work down there, creating opportunities for guys like Holland. So, um, yeah, let, let's continue to see this. Although I I hope to see more of Leonard Floyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll give Leonard Floyd a pass today. I, we'll, we'll see how he does next week. Um, but, you know, Donald, like, just as you're ready to, to say he had a quiet day, he comes up at the end, makes some big plays, gets that game-ending sack. Um, and then, yeah, man, Hollins was great. Uh, I, I, he, he's fine. Like, I always thought he was fine, but this, this game was really impressive. Uh, if he could even play at 70% of what we saw tonight, that's going to be huge. He's going to have that spot locked down. We've pointed at his spot as, you know, something that these younger guys like Terrell Lewis and Oboe have a chance to just take over, and it looks like nobody is taking that spot. Um, he he was really really impressive in this game. Uh, I would say our best defensive player in this game besides Jalen Ramsey, uh, honestly. Uh, other notable player, obviously mentioned the sack for Dallas. He had three tackles. Um, nobody else had any sacks. David Long. Five tackles, all solo, two passes defended, one interception uh, on a nice tip drill from Kenny Young. Uh, you know, we probably won't bring up David Long later in the podcast, but he was one of the big question marks on this defense, and I thought he played well. Um, you know, he he got attacked a little bit. He wasn't perfect, but the interception was a nice awareness play, and I mean, overall, I, I don't really have any complaints with his performance in his first, you know, his first real meaningful game uh, of his NFL career without a question I mean this is a a defense that had a a little bit of uncertainties in certain areas and you know while obviously Darius Williams and uh, Jalen Ramsey are gonna you know lock down the the starting spots um, we still need that third guy in there uh, that you know Troy Hill obviously had 
locked down for a while. Uh, now he's off to Cleveland. Um, but, uh, you know, the question was, can David Long step up? Can he be that guy that we hoped he was going to be, you know, coming out of the draft? And seems like he's doing okay, you know? Maybe not, you know, elite status like Troy Hill or anything like that, but we don't necessarily need him to be uh, Troy Hill. We just need him to be decent. And obviously we want him to get better and progress, but considering this was really his first meaningful start, um, I'd, I'd say he did a hell of a job, you know, maybe uh, not perfect for sure. Um, but I'll, I'll definitely take it. And in a way he was kind of the hero in the first half because uh, things weren't going the Rams way right away. So especially on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, real happy about David Long's performance and hope that he continues to progress because this could be the key to having, uh, you know, really top elite defense again. Yeah, man. Um, definitely doing a good job picking up that void from Troy Hill. And it was interesting to see how they utilized the cornerbacks. Uh, they were kind of all floating around all over the field. Uh, obviously, you, they, they made an audit with Ramsey a bunch of times. So it was nice. You know, it doesn't seem like we have a set nickel corner right now. Um, I think when we play Tampa Bay in week three, we will get a lot more answers about what this defense looks like against good receivers and a good quarter. But not that the Bears receivers aren't good, but like a really good receiving core in Tampa Bay uh, and obviously a really good quarterback in Tom Brady. Um, so I, I'm curious to see how the secondary looks against them. But We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's, uh, oh, before we get to the box score, Matt Gay, two for two on field goals, four for four on extra points. Love the man. Keep it up, Maddie. Uh, and because I'm, I'm not sure everyone listening to this is going to listen to the entire podcast. We have to get this out of the way, Johnny. Now, the Rams, uh, the Bears only punted one time in this game. Cooper Cup is fucking returning punts again. Uh, this, if you're a longtime listener, this is all we've ever talked about for the last like calendar year. I don't know why they put this guy back there. He caught his one punt attempt. It was fine. <laughs> but like you have two, two out well on the roster. You have Jake Funk. They both return kicks. Why, 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 why are we doing this again? Yeah. I was kind of hoping that our, <laughs> that, 
seeing Cooper Cup returning punts was over. Uh, <laughs> I, I have no words. I know that the Rams had a, their heart set on uh, Raymond Calais for uh, for uh, returning punts. Uh, <laughs> but still, you know, Tutu Atwell should be the guy out there. And instead, we're we're risking. Not only are we risking the health of one of our top receivers, but obviously he's not meant to be a, a punt returner. He never was meant to be a punt returner. So now that we're back in this situation again in 2021, this this is not good. That's not not uh. good at all. There, you know, there's too much to talk about on this post game pod to spend a lot of time on this, but like, we've seen enough. Put anyone else back there. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, it, luckily, it was only, well, I don't say luckily, but they only punted once in this game, which is nuts. It is insane that they only punted once in this game. In, in a game where they scored 14 points and got blown out. Um, it's just wild. But, just put fucking 2 2 back there. And I think it's a good time to pivot. Uh, to a topic that needs to be discussed in this game. Um, we mentioned the receivers. Four different Rams wide receivers caught pass in this game, as expected. It is maybe top to bottom the deepest receiving room in the league. Um, I would say Tampa Bay clearly has a better group of receivers. I don't know if they're fifth receivers. This goes 2-2 out well. But, you know, nobody knows that because the guy didn't fucking play. And... um which is fine because everyone on the HUD on the depth chart is better. But he didn't return punts. And with the 57th pick, our first pick in the draft, a lot of us are pointing towards offensive line, specifically center. And we didn't go that route. They, they went with Brian Allen at center, who was bad in 2019 when we experimented with him as a starting center. I didn't think he looked good today. You know, it, it wasn't like a catastrophic performance or anything. The line o- overall looked fine. But when there were lapses with the offensive line, and we saw it on Stafford's lone sack, it was nor- more often than not, it was 55 who was the lapse. Uh, Brian Allen up front. Creed Humphrey started for the Kansas City Chiefs today, a guy that was available at 57. He started at center for the arguably the best team in football. He looked good. It's just, uh, you know, man, I don't know why they made that pick. I will never understand it. That unless the guy makes five Pro Bowls, three All Pro teams, I will never, for the life of me, understand why they made that pick. And a guy who's shorter than me, weighs less than me. I'm not very tall. I don't weigh a lot. And you already have two very good receivers locked into contracts. You have a guy you took in the second round last year in Van Jefferson. Looked pretty damn good in this game. You signed Deshaun Jackson. I know that shouldn't affect – Deshaun Jackson signing shouldn't affect your decision to drive 2-2 Atwell. But even if they didn't sign him, you didn't need to make this fucking pick because you have those other three guys as mentioned. It's just – you know, we'll see with Allen. It wasn't enough for me to sit here and say, like, it's a disaster. You know, obviously it's one game. There was a lot of times where I didn't notice him, and usually when you're not noticing linemen, they're probably playing well. I'm sure if I went back on the tape and stared at every Brian Allen snap, I'm sure he did okay. But the lapses were noticeable, 
And it just, it's just still it still fucking baffles me why they went this route in the draft. I'm sure this will come up plenty of times during the offseason as Tutu racks up more DNP coaching decisions because we didn't need him. It's just like, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. You know, the uh, I, I wanted Creed Humphrey really bad, man. I, I did. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I, I get your point about Tutu and the fact that he just wasn't really much of a factor today. It just, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little confused as well. But the, the biggest issue here is, first of all, while the Bears' defense is a, is a pretty good defense, uh, and while we won't see Akeem Hicks every week, but even where the line didn't technically you know, uh, fall apart, more often than not, if you really look at the tape, you see Akeem, uh, you know, you see him right there next to Matthew Stafford. And it and it's because of Stafford's versatility. It's because of his pocket awareness that he's able to, you know, dish the ball off. And, you know, he doesn't get that close. And, and I guess that's from years of being on a mediocre offensive line uh, that he's able to successfully do that. But that the point in all of this is the Rams had a legitimate shot at a really good center here and chose to go after a very luxury pick into to Atwell. That's the biggest problem. And while I'm sure Atwell's going to have his moments here and there, he's going to um, have his moments where he shines. It still won't be that important as having a guy like Creed Humphrey there to, um, to solidify this offensive line. And yes, Creed Humphrey is a rookie, but is it really that big of a difference when Brian Allen only had one year of legitimate starting and it wasn't impressive at all? So that's the biggest dilemma I think Steve and I have in all of this. I still think that Tutu Atwell is going to have his moments, still think he's going to make some damn good plays for us here and there. But it's not what the Rams need in 2021. No, no, it isn't. Um, and we probably will barely see him this year, honestly, uh, un- unless injuries start happening. And even if the always injured Deshaun Jackson gets injured, not like he played a lot in this game. So, I mean, I don't get it. A lot of people point out, including you, Johnny, that it seems like they really wanted Dwayne Eskridge at that pick, and he went the pick before to Seattle. If he was Dwayne Eskridge, I would be saying all the same shit. Uh, not nothing would be changing if that was our pick. I'd feel I might feel a little better about it. He was a little bit better of a prospect, but nothing really matter. Uh, and uh, well, Troy will be talking about that a lot this year. Let's go to the running game. You know, obviously until late in the game, um, I had on my list of things the running game was basically non-existent, but. They ran the ball besides, I guess, seven times before the last two drives. Henderson had six. He had, Henderson had ten carries in the final two drives, so he had six carries before that. And Robert Woods had that one run. 
Um, so that is like six drives where they ran the ball seven times. Clearly it wasn't in the game script to run the ball. And I will say when they ran the ball, those last two drives looked fine. And Anderson ran it pretty well. And I, the most notable thing here, I think is how Sony Michelle barely played, which is fine. I think Henderson is good. Uh, I, I am happy that he got basically all of the work in this game. It does feel a little weird that you traded a fourth round pick to go out and get Sony Michelle to just not play him. Um, you know, if he really is Mich- just Henderson insurance, that's, that's fine too. You know, like the, the guy is probably going to miss a game or two here and there, but I don't even know my big takeaway. It's that they clearly believe in Daryl Henderson as the lead guy, but also, you know, they're not going to go out of their way to establish the run. That was definitely something that we barked about a lot. I would say 2019 probably the most when we weren't establishing the run and letting Jared Goff throw. But when you have Matt Matthew Stafford back there instead, and I don't think you need to establish the run every game. And clearly – they did not need to establish it in this game to have a successful offense. So, uh, well, I, I agree with a lot of your points there. I, I feel like, you know, Matthew Stafford kind of answers a lot of the points. But um, I still have an issue with it because I, the, there are going to be better teams out there that the Rams play against, uh, mainly in like the second half of the season. Uh, and even a little bit in the first half, you mentioned about playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the third week. So, yeah, there, there's going to be tougher teams out there. And settling for a field goal when you're right there is not acceptable. And like you said, we, you know, the, the Rams went out there. They traded to get Sonny Michelle, who, you know, Gotta, they got to try and make an effort to have, like, a goal line, you know, back. Regardless of Michelle's history in, in the goal line, you you got to make some sort of effort there because Daryl Henderson is not that back. He's not he's not that back, and he's never going to be um, in, in terms of goal line situations. Let me make myself clear yeah, there. Yeah, I hear. The, the, red zone, uh, the red zone carries in this game. At least when you got when we got close to the goal line, were not great. Outside of like Henderson ran for a touchdown, but it was, it was a one yard scamper. Yeah, uh, at that point, I, I mean, you could probably put Stafford in there, and and it would be okay. <laughs> I would hope, but it's it's just mind boggling that they would go out there and make this trade, and only put him in for one rushing attempt. That's. Uh, and and yeah, this was probably gonna be always gonna be a passing game, even uh, even if you know Cam Akers was healthy. Um, but it, there needs to be better, uh, you know, r- rushing execution in in this team for them to go even further than what we, you know, to get them to the promised land. In other words. Yeah, it, it it's just not going to cut it against better teams. I feel. Well, the last drive was, or the second to last drive, I guess, was certainly encouraging because the running game was working. 
uh, and Henderson looked good. So it, it erased a lot of the concerns I had at the beginning of the game. I agree with the red zone stuff. Um, the red zone offense in this game I, I wasn't particularly impressed with, uh, although that Robert Woods play was money. That was great to see. But I, I think that'll take time just with the offense needing to gel a little bit more when they have a crunched field. And I with, with Sony – you know, I'll give it a couple weeks before I really make a, a verdict on that. Obviously, this was not a running game. The Bears have a good run defense. Their secondary was beat up. I think it was, I mean, how could we argue with the game plan? It was clearly the right game plan to, to, to make this a pass-happy game. And I mean, we'll see. You know, the Colts, also a pretty good defense, but they also got lit up by Russell Wilson this week. So, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what next week looks like there. Um do you have any other thoughts on on the offense in this game? I mean, limited snap, limited plays, and they made the most out of almost everything. It was great. I'm really excited to continue to watch Matthew Stafford play in a Sean McVay offense. Um, I, I just have, I mean, it's not really anything significant, but I, I have to give props to Robert Woods on that fucking amazing catch in the end zone for that last touchdown. It, it was like. You wouldn't think uh, this. Does this man ever age? Like that's that's a type of catch that a young man, a young man wide receiver makes. And I'm like, how the hell did he catch it? I, I remember seeing this at, at real time, you know, before the replays and everything, and just thinking to myself, oh well, it was a good effort, and you know, he's he's probably out of bounds. And then I see the replay. And I'm like, how the hell did he make this touchdown? Kudos to to Robert Woods there. He he deserves a shout out. Yeah, that was bananas. That was an incredible catch. Uh, and holding on Al Gogletree on that play too didn't matter. Um, yeah, it was great to see as a Robert Woods fantasy owner. It was really really great to see because he wasn't <laughs> doing much for us before that catch. Um, and yeah, I mean, listen, man, a lot to like from the receiving core in this game. Great, great game, obviously, by Cooper Cup. Just just, just laying it down, man. It, it felt felt like a huge game for him. Robert Woods had that great touchdown. Van Jefferson had that great touchdown. Uh, Sean Jackson was in the action a little bit. You know, not much, but um, he, he had a nice 18-yard catch. It's obviously going to be very fun to watch. A lot of good players with a good quarterback and a very good head coach. I, I, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. I'm already watched, ready to watch him beat the Colts' ass. D- defensively, it was it was a weird game, man. A weird game defensively because the Bears punted once. Um, I don't think they had a thing. I mean, maybe the last drive was a three and out, but before that, not even. And there was no three and outs in this game. Not that that's really like a success metric. They they crossed midfield on every drive up until the last drive. Which is certainly not ideal. It, it's kind of a miracle that they only scored 14 points. Now, I would say overall this was a good defensive effort by the Rams. But, like, they were moving on every drive, more or less. Uh, we got And they just shot themselves in the foot a bunch. I mean, we got a gift on that first drive with the interception. We got a gift when, you know, not when... Not that it would have really affected the game, but instead of just taking the three points in 
in the fourth quarter. They went for it on fourth and 15, which is insane. Uh, and credit to Robert Rochelle, rookie, for making a good play on, on that that pass deflection there. But um, I, I, there's a lot to like on the defense, clearly. And I, I, I don't know, but, like, I, I can't really make a clear judgment on this game. We got ran all over, but Montgomery was running like a monster. Maybe he was just good. But there are going to be some holes in this defense that carry over from last year. Obviously, inside linebacker is one of them, although I will say uh, Reader and Kenny Young, I, I think, played pretty well uh, overall in this game. Kenny Young obviously had a huge tip, uh, like to an interception. But it wasn't the best, and especially for a blowout win where they only scored 14 points, it feels like they left a little on the table there, which is insane to say, given the score. Well, the uh, defensive success, while there was some excellent plays there, uh, the disappointing aspect of it was I felt like a lot of the tackling and for a lot of players, like the tackling just was not there. Um, I mean, even Andy Dalton broke a tackle from Aaron Donald in this game. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's unacceptable. I'm sure Aaron Donald himself will say so. Uh, it, it's just you know that's not what we're used to seeing. And uh, you know, it, it's one thing for like David Montgomery to break it tackle from like a cornerback or something like that say uh robert rochelle or david long or something like that that's one thing you know montgomery's a beast he can break tackles easily but you know some of these some of these plays got way too extended and that to me was the biggest issue you know allowing certain things uh like the short passes and you know, all that I can live with because that was really part of uh, a coaching strategy. Now, is will I say that they that uh, the defensive strategy was to allow all this to happen? Maybe not per se, but like especially in the second half, that was the plan, and it just the, um, Matt Nagy was just out coached. And it, and it showed because instead of actually trying to advance the ball, you know, farther and actually score more, they dragged out the clock. And that's exactly what Raheem Morris and Sean McVay wanted. They wanted them to continuously run the ball to David Montgomery because all it did was take, take time off the clock. And it got to the point where in the fourth quarter, they clearly lost. You know, it wasn't even close because they dragged out they dragged out the game by time of possession. So they were the, literally their worst enemy. And Raheem Morris and Sean McVay exposed that. So it wasn't so much that the defense really shined in this game. It was that they were out-coached. And that's that's pretty much where it's, where it's at. Um don't get me wrong. There were there were some studs. Steve, uh, you know, read out the the big studs in the game. You know, obviously guys like Jalen Ramsey, Justin Hollins. You know, these guys really came up and stepped up. But as a whole, the defensive unit didn't do anything spectacular. 
Yeah, and, and granted, it is week one with a new defensive coordinator. And, you know, the the Bears offense is, like, I feel like better than you'd give them credit for given who their quarterback is. Because there's a lot of talented players in this offense. So, and and also, we gave up 14 points. So, like, they, they clearly did a lot right. Like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how concerned am I about this defense? I would say 3. You know, we'll we'll see how they look when they get really tested. Um, you look at this. I mean, we play Indy next week. They didn't do much against Seattle, whose defense was not great last year. But after that, it's Tampa Bay, Arizona, Seattle. Well, we will have a good idea of who this defense is after those three games because uh, <laughs> at least based on how Seattle played this week, those are three really fucking good offenses, but yeah, you know, it just, it, it didn't like, it felt off. I would say like, it felt off the defensive performance in this game. And you know, there, like I said, there's with everything we nitpicked in this game, there's, there's not a ton to be concerned about. It was a 30 point blowout win. There are some minor things along the edges that we'll see. And with the defense, you know, maybe some of these things get blown up more when we see them play a better team but for this week we walked in to SoFi in front of fans for the first times we played a, a decent team and we blew them out I mean there's not I, I can't really sit here and, and nitpick the defense that much I, I don't there's not really any players that I looked at and said this player didn't play well it's just we'll we'll see when like we get Arizona. I think particularly that game in Seattle and uh, you know, Tampa Bay, of course. We'll see. We'll see how the defense looks in those matchups. That's really going to tell us how good this team is. Well, to be a little fair, it was a twenty point. <laughs> it was a twenty point victory. I I I just have thirty point in my head because uh, one of my friends texted me saying the Rams are going to lose today. I said Rams by thirty. So it's like in my head, I feel like they won by thirty, even though they didn't. Oh, close enough. Close enough, right? Yeah, I totally agree, and uh, I, I'm not I'm not a, that concerned yet. But I do want to see improvement on tackling because that was very evident. Whether or not you um, you factor in the strategy in this game, there's no excuse for some of these missed tackles. And, uh, you know, again, it wasn't a certain player or anything. It just just happens. I think it could be just the rust uh, because, again, not much not much uh, going on except for practice. So um, I I think that that'll get better as the season goes on. But if it continues, that might be a concern. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I after like the what was it the second play where David Montgomery ran for forty yards, Kenny Young really over uh, over stretched on the wrong side of the field, and I think was a pretty big reason why that run run went for forty. And I was real ready after that one play to come on the post game podcast and shit all over him, but uh, I think he played a fine game. Uh, a lot of tackles, you know, he was all over the place. Not not much to uh, really complain about there, man. I, I guess, like, we don't have the snap counts, so we can't really see who didn't play. But I didn't really see a lot of Terrell Burgess out there, if at all. I didn't see any Ernest Jones. 
Um, so the guys we saw in the preseason really not showing up much. The Terrell Burgess surprises me more than anything because I did expect to see him more, and I think that's more of a testament to how well David Long played. For sure. Um, yeah, and even Robert Rochelle as well, getting in some playing time as well. Uh, so I think as long as you know the safeties continue to play well, particularly Taylor Rapp, we know Jordan Fuller's going to do his thing, um, and David Long continues to do his thing, we may not see much of Terrell Burgess, which is shocking. Ernest Jones, I'd like to see him out there, but, I mean, hey, if, if uh, Kenny Young and Troy Reader is doing a decent enough job out there, they, they probably won't – we probably won't see too much of him. Yeah, they're fine. Um, out of the, I guess, like the three starters on the team that I have much maligned on this podcast in years past, I don't have much to malign in the inside linebacker today. It's only our, our pal snapping the football who <laughs> gives me a, a bit of concern. And really, really the only thing walking away from this game with that I'm concerned about. But he, he could play bad in this game and we still win, thir- we still score 34 points. You know, I think we're going to be okay, man. This is a really good football team. Uh, after this game, it's felt like a statement. Yeah, I, I think this. Truly was a message to the rest of the league, and uh, I, I probably a message just saying we're only getting started because I, I don't even think we've seen the best of the Rams yet, and that's that's kind of a scary thought from a team that just scored thirty four points on the Bears. Yep, I, I'm with you. Uh, and the stadium looked great, the unis looked great, the end zone looked dope. This was a fun one. Um, and hey, good news is we are tied for first place in the NFC West with everybody else in the division. Is that good news though? <laughs> My God, man, it's going to be after today, all four of these teams, I think are be competing for playoff spots. You know, the San Francisco kind of choked at the end of that game, but they were up 38 to 10 at one point. So, I mean, I, I'm not out on them. Arizona manhandled the Titans who were, a very good team last year and Seattle got a win over Indy who was also a playoff team last year. Obviously that, you know, we'll see with Indy, but really solid wins for Arizona and Seattle. Both of them looked really good. Kyler looked unbelievable. How do you allow five sacks to Chandler Jones? I mean, don't get me wrong. Chandler Jones is a beast, but five sacks (laughs) like, Jesus, poor Tannehill. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was uh, that was a rough day for Tennessee. We'll see how we'll see how how much better they get. But hey, if they're bad, <laughs> it's good for us because we play them. Kind of wild. Yeah. I think after Week One, you could say there's a possibility three different quarterbacks in the NFC West have a real chance at winning the MVP. I mean, I think Seattle would have to be really good for. Wilson to win it at this point in his career, but Stafford, I mean, if if the Rams win a shitload of games and he plays well, he's going to be in the mix. Yeah, I mean, Murray looked like he's definitely going to be in the mix if he keeps playing like this. Although Tennessee's defense sucks. All I know is I, I want uh, I want Aaron Donald to have like 10 sacks against uh, Tannehill. So uh, 
<laughs> Jesus, man. Five sacks. Hey, listen. When I was in Vegas a couple weeks ago, I placed a $20 bet on Aaron Donald to win MVP. Uh, so it pays out a lot because the odds were not high. So I am hoping for that as well. Yeah, it, if uh, he ends up having 10 sacks uh, in one game, I, I think you might win. I, I don't think that's happening, though. <laughs> I don't think so either. I don't think so either, but uh, I wanted to make it a bet that would make it worth it if I won to go back to Vegas. But, hey, um, well, it's late here, so, I mean, wrap it, I mean, you got any other week one thoughts or thoughts on this game before we wrap it up? Uh, can it be week two already? I want to see Matthew Stafford again. You're not excited to watch Derek Carr play? Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I know I said RIP Ravens, and for a good reason. I mean, they don't have a running back to stand on anymore. Uh, I guess they have Murray now. but um, And then they, they lost one cornerback. So... <laughs> I still like the Ravens a lot better here I still think the Raiders. They, yeah, I still think it's going to be a blowout. <laughs> I, I have no. I also placed a bet in Vegas for the Raiders to win approximately one game. Oh, wow. <laughs> which pays <laughs> five times as much as that Aaron Donald bet, bet paid. So you can imagine how low the odds were on that. Uh, but I couldn't pass it up. Two good odds. Uh, hey, hey, if you win, damn. You never know. Uh, although, I, I pro- I'm not. I'm not banking on that one paying out. Uh, all right. Well, you guys will hear from Derek and Mike pretty soon in this week, I think. Uh, you'll probably hear from us, though. I'm not gonna promise that because you got us on a Sunday night and it's very late, and I'm gonna be tired tomorrow. Uh, but follow us on Twitter at Superbarrel at Johnny Five Nine Six at Talk Rams. We will talk to you guys soon. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that we're going to see him soon. You feel me? Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.